When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the EDH RecCast. My name is Joey Schultz and I'm joined as always by my fantastic co-hosts. First up, he puts the flawless man in flawless maneuver. That's Matt Morgan. So I decided on an altar that I want to get. So I want somebody to alter a savanna for me, but just put me looking kind of handsome on the art. Uh, that way when somebody asks about it, I can just say it's me looking pretty outstanding in my field. I <laughs> because That's I'm a- standing. I I there. get it and I, I I love it. That would be that's delightful, Matt. I really hope that someone commissions that for you very, very soon. Up next he puts the lawless man in flawless maneuver. That is Dana Roach. Uh, so right now we're in that lull between double masters spoilers and the Zendikar rising spoilers yet to come. So it's time to transition between complaining about too much content to complaining about how we're bored that nothing's happening. You uh, lull? Did you say a, a lull? I feel like that's not much of a lull there. There's you know? there's going to be six to eight days where we have no <laughs> new cards coming out. That's plenty, Joey. <laughs> uh, some stuff. It's definitely rapid fire with a lot of products coming out right now. Anyway, I am Joey, and I, by the way, I put the fierce in fierce guardianship. But anyway, this is the EDH Reccast. EDH Rec is the best <laughs> deck building resource on the web for the commander format, compiling data from deck lists all over the internet to provide helpful recommendations for new commander decks. And here on the podcast, we're going to give all that data a little more context. Fellas, what are we talking about this week? So we're going to talk about the most versatile commanders as far as how many themes can you pack into one given commander? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Using our theme pages to see which commanders have the most different directions that you can take them, different build paths available, which should be really cool. But before we get there, we have to give an enormous shout out and thank you to Josh LeQuay and the folks over there at the Command Zone who do an awesome job with the post-production on the podcast, making it look as spiffy as it does. Really big thanks to them. And of course, we would love to thank our sponsors for the show too. Yeah, we'd love to thank our sponsors who help make this show possible. Uh, Card Kingdom has an amazing buy list and a great collection of singles. If you want to go buy a Leyline 
in the Void or Rest in Peace or a Soul Guide Lantern. Card Kingdom has it. Dana. We'd also like to thank TCG Player, where you can get any card at any time, any condition. Uh, Scavenger Grounds, Bajukabog, whatever you need to stop your Dana. opponent. They have it in stock. And if you just go to the EDA Truck website, you can click on a link to both of those stores and get whichever one of those cards that shut off graveyards you might need. Well, and if you want to join the EDH rec ranks too, maybe you, you want to write an article about the best grave hate for the format. <laughs> you can do that now. You can join us. Go to edhrec.com slash apply. Pitch your ideas for the best grave hate or the best ways to, you know, board wipe the table or anything like that. Uh, pitch your ideas to us. You know, we're more than happy to hear it. Now you can join the team by going to edhrec.com slash apply. You guys are cruel. <laughs> Using our sponsorship and awesome plugs to torment my graveyard. That's so that's so mean. That's that's hilarious, but it's really mean. Don't encourage him, Matt. How dare you? It, it takes all kinds, Joey. Everybody has to play their role. That was amazing. But let's get now to our main topic so that we can stop talking about the graveyard hate. What we want to talk about in this particular episode are, like Matt said, the most versatile commanders. The commanders that have a lot of build paths available to them. And one of the ways that we're going to uh, sort of measure that is by using the theme page uh, option that is available on EDHREC. Before we get to that, though, we might need to explain what the theme pages actually do for EDHREC. Yeah, well, the theme pages, we like to contextualize all the information. What we do here on the podcast is to help you parse through all the information because, you know, we do throw out a lot out there for people. So what we want to do is we want to give context to that. And one way that we do that is by going to the themes page uh, for any given commander. So on any given commander's page, there's a little section underneath it shows you how many total decks there are, you view it as a commander or a card. But then that right underneath that is the themes section where you can see any amount of given themes that a commander is being built around. So if you go to the famous Attracts a Praetor's Voice, for example, you'll notice there's a ton of themes, which means it's a pretty open commander as far as how many different ways can you take it, whether it's Planeswalkers and Super Friends decks or plus one, plus one counters or whatever you want to be doing with that. So the reason that we do this is to help people kind of get a feel for what commanders can be built in different directions, because typically there's going to be more than one build path for any given commander. Like we said, Atrax is very famous for this. So we wanted to help kind of parse everything down and filter out some of the noise for what you might be looking when you're trying to consider any given commander. And what the themes specifically measure is if a deck that we've received data for meets a certain threshold, then it will be marked as meeting that particular theme. For example, if there is a high enough percentage of equipment in any given deck that we receive the data for, then it will register as an equipment theme. And like Matt said, you can then click on that theme or go to the actual page itself on EDHREC and use that to find the different commanders that specifically fit within that niche for that commander as opposed to the more general strategy. So that is how we can measure it when the decks actually meet a certain threshold or percentage within the deck for cards that care about that particular type of theme. Basically, we want to ask if there's a correlation between a commander's versatility and its popularity, which is different than what we did in episode 102, excuse me, 103 and 104, where we discussed the most and least unique commanders from each color pair. Uh, AKA the commanders that shared a lot of cards in common with other commanders. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be our goal for this episode. But real quick, before we actually get to the results that we found when we were looking at the most versatile commanders, we should mention sort of how this will be measured. It's just something that we should probably uh, note because 
basically, as we go, when we do have really popular commanders, that kind of means that innately we have more abilities to measure them for themes. There are more chances that the decks that the data that we have there could meet any one of those given themes. So that is why we're interested in measuring the correlation between popularity and versatility there. Um, and another thing, too, to note here is that the way that we're measuring might actually be affecting the results that we get. Our measuring stick here could affect the way that we see the data. If, for example, we have a lot of themes that maybe overlap, for example, a distinction between lands decks and landfall decks, which is a theme distinction that we make, although it is a pretty small one, some folks might sort of view that as just sort of one umbrella instead of two separate categories. So that is something that we should note here. The number of categories that we have for anything might affect the results that we get, but still we've constructed these theme pages based on the requests that we've seen from folks and also the things that we most frequently see in the data. So we're hoping that they will still be accurate. And as it turns out, the information was still pretty interesting too. So uh, I think we should probably start taking a look at it. Yeah. So one thing that we probably do need to say before we get into it uh, is that the most versatile commanders that we found typically are going to be five color. There's just more access to colors, uh, but that's not really interesting. We want to show people, you know, with a little restriction, what are the most interesting and most versatile decks that you can be playing. So that's what we wanted to do. And we'll, we'll break them down by color combination for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want to spend the entire episode just talking about five color decks, which can go in infinite directions. Let's go by color combination instead. So we'll start with Mono White, and the um, most versatile commander in Mono White is Elish Norn Grand Cenobite with seven different themes. And the most common theme here is Life Gain, which has 18 different decks. Um, I think the my guess here, and, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bet this repeats itself as we go on this list, Elish Norn is a powerful card that doesn't necessarily demand you do anything specific with it as your commander it's just always useful um, as a result it makes a pretty good placeholder kind of I, I, that's the right word but like if you're going to use a commander for some theme that doesn't have something that lends itself to doing that why not run a really good strong commander that's always going to be useful and that's Elish Norn. Yeah yeah absolutely and you mentioned that the most popular theme among all of the mono white commanders was uh, life gain we had 18 different commanders that registered in the life gain theme that I think is something that I expect to see um a lot within mono white, but doesn't seem to necessarily fit Elish Norn. No, it's kind of going right against it. I mean, you can certainly play some life gain effects in Elish Norn, and they'll be very powerful because Elish Norn is pretty good, you might say, at making your army that you've created a little more powerful to gain more life. But Elish Norn, yeah, it's just a very, very powerful legendary creature, so it's not really surprising that they take take Elish Norn in several different directions. Yeah, absolutely. It is just kind of interesting to see that sometimes the most popular theme for a color won't necessarily be a theme that is always shared by the most versatile commander there. I don't know, just a cool observation. Maybe you should stop making observations before we've actually gotten to all of this data, though. I'm just really excited to see all of the results, guys. But let's actually look at the data first. So sorry for interrupting. Well, it, it's funny that you're making observations, which is a very blue thing to do. And so let's just go oh. into blue then. Uh, the most versatile commander, as far as having the most themes, this also just happens to be the most popular commander in blue. And that is Urza, uh, Lord High Artificer. And for those of you who don't remember, because Urza is just oh so good, in case you need a refresher, uh, Urza makes that uh, c uh, construct token when he comes in the battlefield, but he also has the ability to make all of your artifacts on the battlefield, tap for a blue mana, and then you can pay five and exile the top card of your library and you play that for free. So pretty good commander right there. Just another kind of like Elish Norn 
generically powerful, uh, but also fairly versatile as we, we find out. There's eight different themes that we see on Urza. Uh, typically, you know, you're going to see the artifacts as you might have expected, but also there's a lot of storm and combo decks there. Uh, people actually apparently played a lot of equipment. They'll play an equipment themed deck because you can tap those equipments for mana with Urza on the battlefield. Seems like a pretty powerful synergy. And then the most common theme that we see in mono blue is going to be wheel decks as far as using windfall type cards to discard your hand, draw all sorts of more cards. So that's what we see with 15 uh, decks typically uh, coming in with wheels in mono blue. That is not the most popular uh, theme that I expected from mono blue. I really expected that it would be more along the line of artifacts. And I will mm -hmm. add, actually like register my surprise that Urza shows up as a... Uh, I expected him to be a bit more streamlined, I guess. Like, I thought that, you know, he's really all about the artifacts and the storm, and I don't think of too many other things, but it looks like he's actually the most versatile and not necessarily the most streamlined. Well, if I told you that one of the themes showing up on Urza's page was Eldrazi Tribal, would you believe me? Because I you probably would believe should. that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, actually. Well, and the thing about Urza, I'm surprised to see that as well, that it, that it isn't an artifact commander primarily, but... There's a lot of competition in mono blue for for commanders that would care about artifacts. So I wonder if that isn't part of it too. People, you know, already had their mono blue or, or artifact deck with you know Arkham Dagson or something, and mm. this just let them build something different in that color without having to repeat a theme. Gotcha. Let's move on now from blue, which is a like it's an okay color, but the best color is definitely black. And I want to talk about this one because the uh, same thing that we see in mono blue is also true for mono black. Kirik, son of Yagmoth, is the most popular current mono black commander and also the most versatile. There are 15 different themes available for Kirik, son of Yagmoth, including stuff like life gain and funny enough, Shadowborn apostles, which sound like a lot of fun to pay for no mana and just two life instead. Uh, but yeah, that's just a, a really cool correlation to see there. He has 15 themes available to him. And then hilariously, y'all, this is pretty cool. The most popular theme that we found among mono black decks was the aristocrats theme. 28 different mono black commanders register as having aristocrats. They meet that particular threshold. Um, so I think that might be why I like mono black because you know that Joey likes sacrificing creatures for value. Yeah, see, seeing that many aristocrats style decks show up among different commanders is not surprising at all because that's exactly what mono black is the best at is just sacrificing all sorts of creatures, getting all sorts of value. Uh, it's not surprising at all to see that showing up so often. Indeed. All right, let's move to red. Red, we have uh, four different commanders tied with six themes each. There's Torbran, there's Neheb the Eternal, there's the um, Chandra from Origins, and there's Ashling the Pilgrim. Um, those are all six theme commanders. And the most common theme in Mono Red is artifacts with 24 different themes scattered among all those commanders. Hilariously, artifacts, not a thing I associate with any of the commanders that you just mentioned. Yeah, not at all. I, I don't really quite know what to make of this one particularly. I, I wonder if it isn't just that goblins are such a popular theme, um, but it's scattered among multiple commanders. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm not sure how to write, how to explain this one at all. <laughs> well, and for me, it's, it's weird that there's so many artifact commanders because I can think of like three or four maybe, but seeing tw that there's 24 different mono red commanders 
commanders that have enough to have a, a an artifacts theme page. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, and it might play into the ways that uh, this particular monocolor decides to invest itself in ramp. And then there are just a handful of other synergies. Um, and that small handful can make any deck builder maybe lean a little bit in that direction and then lean a little bit more in that direction. So that might also almost accidentally play into it, that it happens maybe not even um consciously that it is maybe almost accidental that it, they sort of drift towards that particular theme just as a result of their ramp and then other small synergies available to that color too might sort of get that ball in motion maybe. But but those are all commanders particularly Torbran, Neheb, and Ashling that are just generally good regardless of what other cards you have in the deck. Like they don't care mm. what you build, they are going to be useful. Absolutely. Well we talked about a couple surprises, things that we didn't expect to see. Uh, the next color there's no surprises at all. So we're going to go to mono green. So with six themes uh, each, we have two commanders tied. The first is going to be Galta Primal Hunger. That's the big 12-12 dinosaur that gets cheaper uh, based on the power of creatures that you have on the battlefield. But also tied with Grun the Lonely King. That's the uh, uncommon ape warrior legend uh, from Dominaria. So it's interesting to see both of those showing up so much. Uh, what's not really surprising at all, though, is that the most common theme that we're seeing is plus one, plus one counters decks, uh, where there's 10 different commanders that have a plus one, plus one theme uh, on their page. Yeah, Mono Green loves the counters. There are tons of Mono Green commanders that love that, including Grun, like you just mentioned, because Grun can power up and maybe start using those counters a little bit more. And particularly this point here is where I see, oh, Grun the Lonely King is showing as one of the most versatile commanders with the most number of themes in Mono Green. That is not a popular commander at all. So that especially really sets my my observations that I keep interrupting as well with. Uh, but that, that really makes me like, ah, yeah, I don't think that popularity and versatility are always connected based off of some results like this. Grun especially makes me think that. Galtha didn't surprise me at all, but yeah, Grun yeah. seems like a really surprising choice to be atop almost any deck you're going to make in green, let alone six different themes. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move out of monocolor now, though, and get started on some two-color pairings. We will uh, first talk about the Azorius colored pairing, and there are two commanders that are sitting at eight um, themes each. We have Brago King Eternal and Grand Arbiter Augustine the Fourth. That's bo both of which are really, really strong decks to play against. Indeed, I would not have probably guessed either would be considered versatile commanders in terms of having much different themes. Um, but they they are clearly they're they're both st the standouts here. Although Brago is also I believe the most popular um, of the Azorius commanders. Mm -hmm. um, and and the theme that Azorius is leaning into here with these commanders is flying basically with eight with eight different commanders with flying as a theme. I mean, I should, yeah. you shouldn't be surprised to see Brago so popular with so many different themes because there's uh, Flicker uh, Moldrifter decks, there's Flicker Mana Rock decks, there's Flicker... <laughs> right, um, fair, fair point. Yeah, there's, you could Flicker all sorts of different things. That's a different theme, of course. <laughs> right, and, and, and to be tr fair, that's also true with Grand Arbiter. You can have, like, yeah. the Make the Table Hate You deck or the one where the table's miserable deck or the one where the table scoops and goes home deck. So, like, there's oh. some variety there as well. Oh. There, there's the make Dana grumpy deck. <laughs> right, right. That one. Well, you know what? Dana deserves to be grumpy because when he was plugging our sponsors earlier, he was talking <laughs> about graveyard hate. So let's make Dana grumpy instead of me because, man, I miss my graveyards. Anyway, let's move on now to... Um, 
we're talking about Demir, which means we're also talking about a little bit of graveyards, because the most versatile commander in the Demir color combination is the Scarab God. There are 10 different themes available to this blue and black commander. As a reminder, the Scarab God is the awesome commander who can uh, make copies, make tokens out of the creatures that wind up in graveyards. It is really cool, and it also makes your opponents lose life equal to the number of zombies you have and the tokens that it makes are zombies, and it's hard to kill. This thing is just beautiful. I've been very tempted to build a Scarab God and a lot of weight. Can you tell that I'm, I really like it? It says graveyard on it. Of course, I love it. There are 10 different themes available to this one. And probably no surprise whatsoever is that the most common theme that we find among the Demir color combination for all of its commanders, there are 15 different Demir commanders that show up as a mill theme. 15 of them. And for the record, that is distinct from the self mill theme. So it's not just like the self mill cards. It's definitely like they're trying to mill out other players. Those types of cards. We got 15 Demir commanders that focus on that strategy. I mean, I, I feel like it when in doubt, um, if you just want a commander atop your deck and you, you, it, you know, it, it maybe doesn't have the ability you need, there's way worse things you can do than have your commander be indestructible. <laughs> it's not quite indestructible, but it's like it comes back really easy and like it's true. So, it, yeah, yeah. It may not be indestructible, but it is very hard to kill. But it's yeah. also, yeah, like you kind of touched on, Joey. There's zombies. There's tokens. There's all sorts mm -hmm. of different things you can do with Scarab God. So. Seeing 10 different themes, I, I can imagine that it's not really that surprising. Yeah, and it is distinct from the most common commander, uh, the most popular commander in that color combination is Eureka, who's a lot more streamlined and really focuses on Ninja Tribal. Um, so that is uh, definitely something to, that, you know, to note there. Uh, let's stop lingering on Demir, though. Let's get on to Rakdos. So the next commander that we have here is interesting because it is still Rakdos and still talking about graveyards. Uh, it's Grenzo Dungeon Warden, which is X and Rakdos colors for the Goblin Rogue. Uh, he comes in the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters. But what people really care about is how you can pay two mana and put the bottom card of your library into the graveyard. And then if it's a creature that's uh, small enough or Grenzo's big enough, you can put it onto the battlefield. So this comes in with actually a decent amount. Uh, there's nine different themes for Grenzo that you're going to see on there. Uh, and then the most common theme that we see in Rakdos in general is going to be discarding decks. So making you discard all the cards with painful quandary types of effects. I'm sure they're a lot of fun to play against. Uh, so what do you guys think about seeing these two different options? I Grenzo feels, again, like a very streamlined deck to me. Yeah. Um, but can't argue with the data. Right. I, I would have never have guessed that it was Grenzo. Well, and it's interesting because yeah. some of those themes that we see, uh, yeah, obviously we have Goblin Tribal. There's Aristocrats because you're in black, red, but then you also see right. Relentless Rats and Rat Colony decks. Uh, and then a oh, lot of that's clever. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. And then, you know, there's the, the Sacrifice Matters types of decks too. So there are some actually cool themes going on with Grenzo that I honestly didn't expect to see. Although, again, I would say that Grenzo is probably generally a card that generates value for you, regardless of what your deck is doing. As long as it has creatures, it's going to do something. So it does you know, make a little bit of sense, I guess, if you think about it. Yeah, but also rats. Very true. <laughs> well, uh, up next here, we are going to be taking a look at the Gruul Guild. And Xenagos, God of Revels, is the uh, most diverse commander here with nine different themes. Xenagos is basically your big stompy commander that makes your big stompy things bigger and stompier. I think that's how you would phrase it, um, technically speaking. 
um, using the rules of magic. Um, indestructible, hey, you can't go wrong. As I said a little bit earlier, this one is actually indestructible. Um, it's a versatile card. Again, if you are playing creatures, which you tend to do in a red-green deck, this is almost always going to be valuable and useful. And the themes here, there's things like extra combat, like werewolf tribal, like infect or hydras or dragons. There's just a lot of different stompy things you can do with this commander. And this is one I'm not at all surprised to see atop a bunch of different themes. Yeah, for sure. Most popular uh, theme that we're mo most frequently seeing for Ghoul Commanders. We've got seven different uh, Lands Matters commanders that show up uh, in themes in Gruul. So really diverse color combination, even though we often associate it with just being very, very stompy. So the next up, I, I know Joey spread some some propaganda about playing mono black. Uh, I'm going to talk some propaganda about playing Selesnia. So uh, the most... Uh, versatile, diverse, whatever you want to say, commander that we have in Selesnia is going to be Salvala Explorer Returned. Uh, that's the one with a parlay ability where lots of things happen and there's lots of things going on with this commander. And then unexpectedly, 14 token decks is what we're seeing as far as the most common theme among Selesnia commanders. It's interesting to see Solvala on there. There's a lot of different themes that uh, don't do anything overlapping. There's Elf Tribal, there's Group Hug also. Angel Tribal, Enchantress decks also make their way onto Solvala decks. It's actually kind of cool to see so many different things going on there. Yeah, a lot of stuff that you can do with Salvala. Usually I associate her abilities with being a little bit group huggy, but there's definitely a lot of stuff that you can do with a commander who gives you a bunch of mana and also gives you a bunch of life. And I think there's even some combo things that you're able to do with that commander. So definitely watch out for her. Um, Matt, I know that you're talking about propaganda, but I want to move back to not mono black, but at least a black inclusive color combination because I'm going to move into Orzov now. Orzov is really great because uh, Athreos, God of Passage, is our most versatile Orzov commander, shows up with 12 12 different themes available to it. Most famously, the Shadowborn Apostles theme definitely shows up, but there's also a lot of aristocrats and other life gain and some other tribes that you can focus on here. Really cool uh, commander that you can do a whole lot with. And then really fun here too, Orzov as a color combination. No surprise, the most common theme that we're finding in the Orzov color combination, there are 19 different commanders that register a life gain theme. Things that black and white are really good at. Yeah, and again, Athreos, indestructible commander. I, I, you you could do way worse when you just want something useful to provide you with black and white colors for whatever theme you want to do that doesn't have another obvious choice. There you go. And the same thing is true with our next color pair, the, the Izzet. Uh, league. Um, the, the two commanders here, we have Joyra Weatherlight Captain and Karanos God of Storms, uh, both with 10 different themes. The most prominent theme in Izzet Colors is Spellslinger, um, which you could very easily do with either of those commanders, but they both lend themselves well to a lot of different things. Joyra, who draws you uh, cards when you cast a historic spell, you know, there's artifact decks under Joyra and Cheerios and Storm and super friends even so it's a commander that just lets you build whatever way you want to build it and it's always going to generate value mm -hmm. and the same is very much true of karenos he's a big beater who allows you to do damage to people every turn and is tough to remove well and having the spell slinger theme there i think is it is probably the best color pair for spell slinger type decks so seeing that as the most common theme among all commanders that that is totally what we expected to see mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the next one is Golgari, and uh, there's no surprises here. The most popular commander is Marin of Clan Neltoth, and she's also the most versatile. She has 12 different themes available to her. I keep on getting these commanders. I keep on claiming the, the ones here in our show notes. I keep on talking about the ones that have aristocrats and sacrifice themes available to them. 
It's almost like I have a type. I don't know. Uh, but there's also a bunch of other cool stuff that you can do with her, including uh, some self-mill or other rat colony and other just random reanimator things available to her. The most common theme that we see among graveyard commanders, there are 10 different Golgari commanders that register the graveyard theme. So um, basically what I'm saying is that this is the best color combination and everyone should play it. I, We've I heard you that, say that just... before, I think. Um, <laughs> so that's a familiar refrain. <laughs> Well, what also will be familiar to Joey is one of the next commanders that we talk about. So we're going to move on to the Boros color pairing. Uh, so we have a tie again. So we have two different commanders that are tied with eight different themes showing up on their page. The first one is going to be Joey's, his main gal, uh, Feather the Redeemed, um, which is the flying legendary angel that gets instants and sorceries back that you target your own creatures with. And we also see a lot of Eroes God of Victory type of different theme decks. Uh, and another one that's just that Theros God, very, very large, very, very indestructible and, and makes combat hard to navigate. Uh, we see a little bit of overlap. There's a lot of equipment style decks because Boros just naturally is very good at that. Um, but we also see that as the most common theme as well. So there's 14 different commanders that tend to have equipment on their themes section. Um, up next here, we have the the Simic color pair, um, two very complementary colors. Green has a ton of awesome cards, and that really makes up for the fact that blue has a bunch of awesome cards as well. <laughs> so it really kind of works nicely together. Um, the most the most thematic commander here with the most diverse array of different themes is Tatiova Benthic Druid, who is also the most popular. Um, talking about commanders that are really useful in a situation, Every deck wants to play lands, and you're in green, which has the ability to play extra lands, which you're almost always going to be doing, and it rewards you for doing that. So basically, any kind of theme you want to build in Simic, Tatiova is going to reward you for just playing Magic. And that's a logical <laughs> commander to then wind up being very, very diverse and popular in that color pair. Well, pl playing lands is really hard, Dana. We need good <laughs> rewards for that. We need to draw. You can't even respond to them. That's, yeah. You can't blow them up with a, with a Bajuka Bog or a Scavenger Ground. That's a very good point. Dana, <laughs> stop mentioning those cards. Uh, and a cool thing among the Simic commanders, while Tatiova is definitely famous for the lands, the most common uh, Simic theme that we see is definitely plus one, plus one counters, which a whole bunch of different commanders in Simic really lean into from Vorel of the Hulklade to Pier and Toothy. And 17 different Simic commanders show up with that particular theme. So there, I don't know. There, there's... Is Simic versatile? I don't know. I guess like I, it, it keeps on doing a lot of the um, a lot of a lot of them draw cards and, and plus one counters and I don't know. I'm I'm having a, a fun Simic moment. I guess. <laughs> well, you can't make up your mind about how good you want to be and how versatile you want to be. So I, I get it. So I get it. I know. I'm I'm worried about us. I'm like, ooh, Simic is too much good stuff, and I'm like, I don't want to sound bitter about that. But I do see Tatiova, and I'm like, that thing's an uncommon, and it does make me scratch my head just a little bit. Anyway, let's move now into a uh, brief break from just talking about all of these. Let's move into some challenging of the stats because sometimes we don't agree with the data that we see on EDHREC. We think that cards see too little play or see too much play. So what we're going to do is challenge those statistics. Let's get to it. Dana, what is your challenge this week? Uh, first up is a card that is not that old, shockingly enough, although it's still pretty old. Um, Snake Cult Initiation. How do you always in, name cards I've never heard of? <laughs> way back in the Time Spiral block. It's not, the, you know, it's got a modern frame on it. Um, it's an aura for four mana, three and a black enchant creature. Enchanted creature has poisonous three. 
And what Poisonous 3 is, is basically the poison counter generation. It was a mechanic, a variant on creatures that poison from way back in the day, but before we got infect, whenever a creature deals combat damage to a player, the player gets three poison counters. Um, it's only in 203 decks right now, and I think the place it should see more play is in an infect deck where your commander or other cards in the deck don't have infect. I think if you're running a bunch of like all infect creatures, it probably doesn't do you any good because you're better off just running like a giant growth effect or something, um, something where you can do additional damage because infect will just stack with additional damage. But if you're playing in a deck where your commander doesn't have, in fact, like Hepatra, for example, um, this is a way to also give your commander, in fact, and if you have additional cards in the deck that, that give your commander the actual true, in fact, this stacks with, in fact, like, in fact, doesn't stack with itself. This can go on to something with, in fact, as well, if you need to. So it should be, I think, in more than 200 decks. There's a lot of Infect themes out there and a lot that are running non-Infect creatures or have commanders that don't have Infect. Snake Cult Initiation should be in more decks, and I think people don't know it exists because they do a search for Infect and not for Poison. All right, Dana, since you are talking about weird, obscure cards that only show up in 200 decks, I'm going to try and one-up you here because I've also got a weird, obscure card that only shows up in about 200 decks. I'm actually kind of stealing this from my Upping the Average series that you can find on our YouTube channel where we take the average deck from any given commander and make some quick swaps to it to take its average deck list and make it above average. The card that I'm looking at here is the card Trickery Charm. This is a one-mana instant that Yuriko, the Tiger Shadow, needs to be playing yesterday. This instant allows you to either give give a creature flying, aka evasion, for your ninjas, or you can change a creature's type until the end of the turn so you can make one of your unblockable creatures that isn't a ninja into a ninja so Eureka can help it get some more triggers, or you can look at the top four cards of your library with this spell and put them back in any order so you can stack the top of the deck for Eureka to flip over a really big card that will deal a lot of damage to your opponents. This only shows up in 207 decks total and only in about 3% of all Eureka lists, and that is is not okay it needs to change this is a really good card for Eureka. Yeah, yeah i mean being able to do any of those three different modes are, are going to be a good payoff so yeah probably worth uh investing a little bit in yeah i how often is it that you see a, a charm that is this specifically tailored to a specific commander this one chef's kiss absolutely love it matt how about your challenge so my challenge, I, I decided I'm going to humor Dana. I'm going to pick an old obscure card that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. It's only being played in about 400 decks. Uh, so Custody Battle is the card we're going to talk about today. And I like it specifically. It, there's a, there's 192,000 decks playing red. Only 400 of them are playing this card. But I just want to talk specifically about land destruction type decks. So Custody Battle is one in a red for an enchantment, uh, or an aura, I should say now. Uh, and it says Enchanted Creature has at the beginning of your upkeep, target opponent gains control of this creature unless you sacrifice a land. So if you're playing one of those real grindy style decks, you're trying to manage all the resources everybody else has, and they may not necessarily always have lands to play, this is a good way to either steal a creature or just get a creature away from an opponent. Uh, it's kind of hard to attack with a blight steal if somebody else has that blight steal. So it's a pretty interesting card. I don't like it in every deck. I'm not saying this should be widespread, but if you're playing land destruction specifically, you can blow up lands, play this, 
and then they're not going to have a chance to play a land before then, so you can just make sure they get rid of their best creature. It's interesting, and I like its prospects, uh, especially for something that's, you know, a quarter and back from Onslaught days. Custody battle is also what we call it when Dana is flipping back and forth between this podcast and his other podcast, CMDR Central. <laughs> it is my favorite custody battle, <laughs> fighting with Commander or CMDR Max uh, <laughs> over Dana, who gets him on weekends. It is pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's the real challenge right there. That's the real challenge. Just trying, I'm, right. I'm just trying to picture Joey and Matt building like me an Ikea bunk bed so I have some place to stay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back into our main topic. Taking a look again at the numbers for the most diverse commanders. We talked about some two-color and some mono-color commanders, but let's get now into some three-color combinations. We won't be discussing the four-color combinations because partner data kind of mucks with this particular report that we're drawing, and it's just like... Atraxa is going to win and we all know it. So let's move now to the three color commanders. What do we got with the diverse commanders that we're seeing here? We will start looking at the um, three color Esper combo, black, white, blue. And the most diverse commander here is Zer the Enchanter. Um, looking at themes like enchantments, auras, cycling, discard, uh, participant. Persistent petitioners, excuse me, um, even like curses and stacks. There's a, there's a good array here, 16 different themes showing up for Zer. Um, and the most common theme in this color array is artifacts, eight different commanders here. Yeah, artifacts is really what I associate with Esper. And maybe that's just because of how cool the Shards of Alara set actually was. Um, but Zer doesn't probably need to do any artifacts for him to do all of the nasty things that he can do. I mean, I, no matter what your deck is doing, being able to go grab Necropotence or something out of your library every time you cast your commander is just always going to be good. So very useful. Yeah. Yeah. Very useful indeed. Yeah. Well, well speaking of just always being good, uh, let's move on to our Grixis commander, who happens to be not only the most diverse commander, but the most built commander in Grixis colors. And that is Kess Dissident Mage. That's the one that lets you uh, cast a spell out of your graveyard instant or sorcery, I should be specific, uh, once per turn. Uh, so we're seeing actually a whopping 21 different themes on Kess's page. That is Ooh. huge. And that's something that we're going to see now that we have access to three colors with all of the yeah. legends we talk about. And then the most common theme that we see among Grixis commanders shouldn't be too surprising. It's going to be discard effects. And I'm sure there's a lot of overlap there with wheels. You have Nekasar who loves to wheel. So yeah, 10 discard commanders along with 21 different themes for Kess. Yeah, and, and that's actually something that even Kess herself might be able to play into because if you've made everyone discard their hands and then you can play spells out of your graveyard, that is a way of getting a, a you know, a taking advantage of the parity that the discard effects might have. So even spell slingery type of commanders can still take advantage of the most popular Grixis theme. That's uh, that's pretty mean. Maybe I'll build a Kess deck. No, I shouldn't. Uh, I'm going to move on now to Jund. We are talking about the uh, most diverse Jund commander is Korvold, the Fey Cursed King. There are 11 different themes that Korvold has available to him. Um, and obviously, the most common one is going to be a very dedicated sacrifice theme. But there's also a lot of folks who play him as a lands or a goblin tribal commander, which I think is pretty interesting. Sacrifice is, by the way, the most common theme that we see for Jund uh, different commanders. There are nine different Jund commanders that have sacrifices of one of their main themes there too. So Korvold, Jund, Sacrifice, all stuff that Joey likes and all stuff that Jund players likes. And, and Korvold just wants to eat everyone and it's it's all copacetic. 
Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really surprising to see Corvold atop a whole bunch of different decks, just given how how powerful the card is, that this one definitely isn't at all surprising. It, it, yeah, there's almost like maybe we should have like, ooh, it's not necessarily always about popularity, um, but sometimes it is just about power of a thing might also be something that affects a commander's diversity for sure. Absolutely. Um, jumping over to, to the Naya colors here, um, we have two commanders, once again, tied with 11 themes each. Um, Marisi, Breaker of the Coil, and Samut. Um, we're looking at, Marisi's a little surprising, although I guess when you really think about it and look at the card, it really shouldn't be. It is a cat, so we have cat tribal here. It does force combat, so you have force combat as a theme. Um, you know, there's a lot of equipment stuff in cats as well. So uh, Marisi, once I actually saw that number and looked at it, it really wasn't that surprising. And then Samut just is keyword soup um, and generally a strong aggressive commander anyway. There's just a lot of themes for for some, for Marisi and Samut just is going to work well no matter what you do. Well, and, and seeing too that the most common theme that we see among different Naya commanders is tokens, since we saw that at the head of all the Selesnya commanders, those colors just naturally are very, very good at producing tokens. So I, I think we kind of expected to see that there. Uh, one thing that we're going to move on to and also is probably, let's be honest, probably a good token commander too, is Chulane. That is the most versatile commander of all the Bant commanders. And pretty much everything that we said about Corvold, you can apply to Chulane because whenever you put draw a card as part of a payoff, it's just going to get a lot of play. It's one of the most popular commanders of all time. Uh, very close behind Arcades as far as most popular Bant commander in general. Um, but we tend to see a lot of Enchantress decks, and that is going to be uh, 11 different commanders that we see have enchantment-themed decks on their pages. And yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that because I would have expected something, you know, plus one, plus one counters is very, very popular in Simic and, and with Selesnya decks. What do you guys think about these numbers that we're seeing here? Enchantments, I feel like they're the particular Commander 2018 product with Tuvasa and mm -hmm. with the other Enchantress uh, commanders available there. That really, I think, helped out numbers. I think folks have been really hungry for um, that it, Bant Chantress to sort of become a thing for, for a while. What I am really surprised by is that Chulain has 23 different themes on that page where Whereas the most popular bank commander, Arcades, only has three. That is a really, really big distinction in my head. We have said multiple times that almost any deck you run in Bant is going to be better with Tulane as your commander. And the 23 themes seem to kind of prove that out. <laughs> yeah, it's true, though. I mean, you see so many different diverse themes. It's not just that, you know, everybody's doing one thing, but you see tribal decks, you see storm, you see hate bears, you see all sorts of different stuff going on. It, it's actually kind of cool. There's even enchantments and, and auras that are getting played in Chulane decks. So it's true, like we, we can rag on Chulane, um, but it also at the same time, it's just a very, very powerful commander. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Let's move now to Abzan. Uh, Abzan, here we have the um, black, white, green color Triome. Um, I guess that's the land, but that's what I'm going to go with here anyway. Um, <laughs> Carador Ghost Chieftain is the most diverse commander here with 17 different themes. Things like Sacrifice or Aristocrats, the obvious Graveyard Synergy, or even some Spirit Tribal. Um, this is one that I, I actually probably would have guessed. Um, in part because I've seen in real life play a whole bunch of weird different Carador decks for whatever reason. I've seen 
all the ones I mentioned, I've seen Carador Enchantress. Um, it's just a commander that for whatever reason, people want to build as their commander atop a theme that nothing else in the color group does. And not only do our numbers show that out, my personal experiences just show me there's a whole bunch of weird Carador decks out there. Bringing stuff back from the graveyard is really good. I keep saying yes. it. I'm becoming a broken record on this episode. I'm sorry, but it's really, really good. And there's a lot of stuff that you can do with it. And it's really, really fun. I find it kind of interesting that the most common theme that we see among the uh, Abzan commanders is actually pod. We have a birthing pod theme. Um, and that is something that we see a lot. There are seven different Abzan commanders that show up um, with the birthing pod theme that makes it the most common Abzan theme. And I'm just like, oh, that's kind of a, a strange thing. But also the birthing pod is a lot of fun. There's so much you can do by sacrificing your creature. So once again, I've become a broken record and I'm sorry. Well, that, that's fine. We'll just move on then. Um, we'll move on to actually two commanders that I both have uh, had a deck at any given time. So we're going to move into Jeskai uh, and we're actually tied between these two commanders that have 19 themes each, which is actually pretty impressive seeing two commanders in the same colors with so many different themes. But the first one is going to be Kaikar Winds Fury, which is the uh, one in Jeskai colors for the, the flying burb wizard uh, that makes a lot of uh, spirit tokens whenever you cast non-creature spells. And then there's Narset Enlightened Master, which is three in Jeskai to cheat out all the non-creature spells. So it seems for some reason, Jeskai people like casting non-creature spells, but getting creatures for them. <laughs> I did not expect to see Narset here. Like, she can cast any non-creature spells, so I should have, in retrospect, probably expected that. But I associate Narset so extremely with the extra turns style deck that can become very lethal very, very quickly that this really took me by surprise. Well, and and also included in, well, actually in, in Kaikar and Narset's is the most popular th uh, theme that we see in Jeskai decks, that is going to be wheel effects and wheel decks. Uh, both of them tend to play it because it's just going to get you more non-creature spells into your hand to cast, or if you're Narset, you're just casting them for free, and then you're playing all sorts of Planeswalker decks. You can be playing Monk Tribal we see showing up actually, but then there's also the typical, you know, like you said, extra turns, extra combats, extra things, extra spells, extra extra, you know, all the, all the extra <laughs> stuff. So extra. I'm just I'm just so surprised to see a lot of versatility, a lot of themes for commanders that don't bring stuff out of the graveyard. I just I, I really can't understand it. But good for them. Absolutely <laughs> good for them. Uh, speaking of bringing stuff out of the graveyard, man, I really claimed a lot of these in the show notes. I almost want to apologize for it. But now we're talking about the number one commander of all time, Muldrotha the Gravetide. She is so crazy. She can cast spells out of your graveyard, and that gives her the ability to have 31 different themes available on EDH Rec. If you want to take her down a plus one counters route, or a self-mill specific route, or you would like to have a Gyruda companion, or you're specifically looking for zombies, there are tons of different builds for Muldrotha. She's actually the fifth uh, place theme commander, the fifth place commander that has the most themes available to her out of all of the commanders on the site. Um, and that's that's really cool. I Graveyards, it's great. Here's something that isn't quite <laughs> so graveyard, though. Um, the most popular theme for Sultai decks is not actually graveyard related. The most popular theme with eight different inf uh, with eight different Sultai commanders having this theme is Infect, which also probably seems obvious, but I really expected graveyards to be the, the main pushing strategy for Sultai. So uh, this was a cool thing to see that Sultai is also very good at the infection stuff. Uh, all the more reason to find room for snake cult initiation. <laughs> <laughs> well done. So uh, uh, next we'll go over to the Mardu colors. Um, Queen Marchesa 
is at 23 different themes. That's a pretty big number, and it's not the most popular commander. That's Edgar Markov, but it's it's one that is very robust in how many different decks can be built using that as a commander. And I've looked at Queen Marchesa a lot of different times over the years and tried to figure out what I could do with her, and the answer is apparently all the things. <laughs> um, you know, looking at the list for, you know, looking at things like stacks or Sunforger or Monarch as a theme or even Human or Night Tribal, there's just a dizzying array of different themes people have gone with for Queen Marchesa, which makes sense. It's a really interesting card while remaining open-ended that never pointed me in any one direction, but it apparently pointed a lot of people in a lot of different directions. Absolutely. And I think her versatility there is especially one of her strengths. This can be yeah. a very political commander if you want it to be, but also the fact that she doesn't have just one niche makes her all the more powerful with the political trickery that you can pull off in game. Really, really cool. What about the most popular theme that we're seeing among Mardu commanders? Most popular theme is life gain. And, you know, similar to mono white and going into Orzov, the, those color combinations just like life gain, so it's not really surprising at all to see it here in Mardu as well. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to move now into Teamer. The most versatile Teamer commander is Animar Soul of Elements. There are 13 different themes available to Animar. It is actually tied with Maelstrom Wanderer and Riku as well, Riku of Two Reflections. So there's a lot of different stuff that you can do in the Teamer color combos for sure. Animar is particularly famous for having a lot of morph stuff that you can do, which also leads into a Drazi tribal. So yeah, a lot of versatility, a lot of different ways that you can take this particular commander. But then, hey, another surprise that I don't think I had expected to see this showing up twice on our list here. The most popular theme for the teamer commanders that we've got is also Birthing Pod. I'd really expected something a bit more aggro and smashy, but there are seven different teamer commanders that have Birthing Pod as one of their themes. So uh, that's cool. Well, one thing, I know you're kind of shocked to see that uh, nobody is going to bat an eye at seeing the most popular theme among colorless commanders. Ooh, In colorless. case I have to tell you, it's it's artifacts because <laughs> I don't know how many other you know card types you can play other than artifacts and colorless. But we're also seeing uh, Traxos, uh, Scourge of Krug, which is that... Uh, kind of a historic tribal, I guess, whatever you want to say, um, type of, of big old construct, uh, four mana for a big 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, there's four different themes. I'm not really sure how they fit so many themes into a colorless deck, but, I mean, you do you, man. Yeah, well, I mean, artifacts can definitely do a lot of work, so that does help that out. It's true. Well, since you just talked about colorless, I will take the five color here. Five color is where we see a huge explosion. We've talked about a lot of commanders that have like 20 themes sometimes, but usually it's like maybe, ooh, they've got like 10 themes on their page. The most versatile commander, not just in five colors, but of all of the commanders available to us is Morophon the Boundless. It's right there in the name. Morophon has 53 different themes that are showing up on that page. It is a lot of different travel. You've got angel travel, you've got human travel, but you've also got a bunch of other non-travel stuff too including plus one counters and landfall type of strategies. There's a whole bunch that you can do with this commander. Well, and, actually and, and all those different themes that you just named off, 
that's only coming from one deck that we saw. Um, that's not even <laughs> counting all the other decks. You know, there, there's plenty of them out there. <laughs> that's exactly it. You can stuff all of those into the same Morphon deck if you want to. Absolutely. And while we're talking about five color decks, we can also mention five color clearly was the most versatile color combination of all of them. And the uh, the top most versatile commanders of all of the ones that we have discussed, Morphon was, of course, in first place with 53 themes, a whole lot of travel going on there. But in second place was Golos with 45 themes. And then third place was Kenrith the Returned King, who had 36 different themes on his page. So five color definitely gives you a lot of different options if that's what you're looking for. Well, and, and one interesting observation that we noticed as well, you know, of all the different color combinations that we measured, we were kind of wondering if there was kind of an overlap between the most popular commander also being the most versatile as far as having the most themes. And we found out that only nine of the 27 different color combinations had the most popular commander as the most versatile commander as well, which is only a third of the time. So it's actually kind of interesting to see that kind of rise out among all the different decks, all the different commanders that we have at our arsenal. Yeah, that is, I think, one of the most important takeaways for me out of this episode is that I thought that it might be closer to 50% or even be above half, but no, it turns out not to be. It is a 33% correlation there. The most popular doesn't necessarily mean that will always be the thing that has the most directions too. That is certainly a big ingredient for a commander's appeal, but they don't have a direct correlation to one another, which is really, really cool to see. So do these results match up with the least unique commanders from episode 104? Uh, they do not. Only like two matches from this list, Korvald and Queen Marchesa, were both the most diverse and the least unique commanders. Um, so diverse commanders don't necessarily share a lot of cards in common with other commanders of their same color combination. Yeah, which is a really cool thing to see there as well. And actually, here's a flun, a, a, a flun, a flun <laughs> plot twist, a fun plot twist. Um, I expected personally that Atraxa might be like in the top 10 most diverse commanders of all time because you can do the proliferating with the planeswalkers or the plus one counters or the infect. I just associate Atraxa in my head with being like the most diverse commander. And it turns out she was like, Number 14, she wasn't even in the top 10. And in fact, she's not even the most diverse four color commander. That title goes to Saskia, the unyielding, the double damage E sort of commander who has 27 different themes as opposed to Atraxas 21. So uh, a lot of surprises here, definitely in this episode. And ultimately, I just think it's really cool to sort of note that the commanders with the greatest versatility are certainly commanders that have a lot of appeal, but the most popular commanders are not the most diverse. That is a correlation, but not the end all be all. And that's just a really cool observation to take away from uh, looking through all of this stuff for sure. Well, and one thing that we kind of stated as we worked through was, you know, the more colors that you have access to, the more options you're going to have to, as far as directions to take the deck in. So that's something that I kind of noticed as we were going, but I don't think that really should surprise anyone because, you know, you can fit more different things. Like it's it's hard to do life gain in mono red, but when you add it to a, a Mardu deck, for example, then you get a lot of life gain options that we saw that, you know, you have coming from mono white or Zob decks or what have you. So having more colors obviously will open you up to more possibilities, but that isn't always definitive because there's, you know, always going to be exceptions to those rules. And especially the most important lesson is that sacrifice is the best of all of the themes. And so on that note, I think what we need to do is call this episode to a close. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me. And if any of our listeners would like to get in touch with us, where can they find you all? Matt? So you can find me on the Twitters at Mathemus55. That's M-A-T-H-I-M-U-S-5-5. You can catch us Wednesday nights as well. Twitch.tv slash EDH And Dana. 
You can find me on the Twitter birds at Dana Roach. You can read my articles at EDH Rec a couple times a month, most Wednesdays. And you can hear me on my other podcast, CMDR Central, usually twice a week. Usually, but, you know, custody battle. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm Joey Schultz. You can find me at Joseph M. Schultz on Twitter. You can follow the cast at EDH RecCast on Facebook and on Twitter. And if you have a question, a keen insight to EDH Rec's data, or maybe a fun challenge to stats pick that you think that folks ought to know about, you can email us at EDHRecCast at gmail.com. Our thanks again to Josh Lequai and the entire team at The Command Zone who handled the post-production work on the podcast. And of course, our huge thanks to our sponsors for the show, TCG Player and CardKingdom.com. You can find them using the price info links on EDHREC or by visiting CardKingdom.com slash EDHREC to show your support for the show. Listeners, what do you think about the most versatile commanders and which of these theme pages is your favorite? Please let us know. We will be back at you next week with more data and insights. But until then, remember, EDHREC your deck before you wreck your deck. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.